Welcome to the Idea Climbing Podcast. Today's big idea is that fear is in our imagination and how you can overcome it. That's what I discussed with Jacqueline Wales, who has an amazing story. At only 16 years old, Jacqueline fled from her childhood home in desperate search for happiness. Looking at all the wrong places, she left a trail of abandoned children and a pattern of self-abuse that threatened her life. But that's just the beginning of her story. From Leith, Scotland to London, England, from California coast to Paris, Amsterdam, New York, and Bali, Jacqueline's life has been a journey of self-discovery, awakening, and joy in the face of fear. Jacqueline believes that being fearless is not the absence of fear, but the courage to take the next step. Today, Jacqueline is an author, keynote speaker, and trusted advisor to successful, high-achieving women, and she is an unwavering champion for being fearless. We discuss the origin of fear, how to change the negative voices in your head to positive ones, the fear of failure and the fear of success, and how to overcome them, and more golden nuggets of advice. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you for being here, Jacqueline. I appreciate you making the time. Hey, it's great to be here, Mark. I always enjoy our conversations. And I'd love to dive right in. We're going to talk about a big subject today, fear. And you said that fear is imagination-based and a lot more that we're going to discuss. What do you mean by fear is imagination-based? So when we think of fears, um, there's a lot of reasons why we can feel threatened in life. And we can say that there's some physical reason why. Like, for instance, if someone's holding a gun at you, then absolutely you're going to be afraid. But for most of us, our fears are imagination-based because it's simply the story we tell ourselves to deal with the discomfort of whatever it is that we're feeling. Now, remember, fear is an emotion. It's not real. Unless you have tangible evidence, fear is simply the stories you're applying to a feeling that may or may not be true for you. Well, so one of the common, common fears is failure. Can you dissect that a little bit? What is the fear of failure and how does it come up? Yeah, the fear of failure is, is really tied into reputation, status, it's how other people will perceive you if you fail at something. But here's the thing. If you think about number of times you've failed in your life at something or other, mm -hmm. you drop a column of failures and you drop a columns of success, I guarantee you your successes are probably longer than your failures. But here's my take on failure. It is simply a choice, a decision, or an expectation that did not go the way you had planned. It's rarely fatal, and yet we put so much store in the fact that we got to get it right. And you hear this over and over again from high achievers. Um, people who are perfectionists absolutely will not want to fail. They do not want to make mistakes. If you have an analytical personality, for instance, someone who's driven by data, who likes to have all the facts and figures, cross the T's, dot the I's, make everything's fine. Mm -hmm. Here again, is not an option because it's something about that person as opposed to a circumstance. And that's why the fear of failure is so profound for a lot of people, because it says something about me. I'm not good enough. And that's fundamentally where fear shows up. That insecurity of self, the self-doubt, that, that questioning of whether you're capable of delivering the results that you're you're trying to deliver. So that's the resistance to the, the failure piece. Well, because it's so pervasive in communities, 
how do you get over the fear of failure? What can you do to solve that big problem? Well, first and foremost, you know, I think when we're looking at, at, at failure or the fear of failure, one has to actually take a hard look at what's the worst thing that can happen if this doesn't go the way that I had planned or my choice doesn't work out the way that I wanted it to or this decision is not what I want it to be. So again, you're thinking about what's the worst case scenario. Mm -hmm. You might lose a ton of money. That might be an option for you. It might be that you lose your job because you did such a lousy job at it. And somebody says, you know, you're done with it this way. Will we recover is the biggest question on failure. If that doesn't work out, will you recover? Mm -hmm. This brings up the issue of resilience. Because if we look back on our previous experiences of things that didn't work out the way we, we had wanted or planned, did you recover from it? Yes, you did. You're still here. You've made some kind of shift in your thinking and your way of doing things that was different from before. Because here's the old, you know, thing about, you know, if you keep repeating the same stuff over and over again, you know, you need to have your head looked, frankly, you know. So you make a mistake, you fix it, you move on. And failure is simply the acceptance of things will go wrong. That's life. What do you do with it when it goes wrong? That's the gift that you give yourself. Well, with part of that, tell me if I'm on point, but part of that gift be the stories you tell yourself in your head, the stories that you make up, the story, because you had touched on something in our last conversation about stories that you tell yourself that aren't really founded in reality can just completely derail, can completely derail some people. Talk a little bit more about that. What what what, are, what is the what are the stories that people are telling so, themselves? So think about this. People want to talk about something called the imposter syndrome. I personally hate that label. I think it's 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 misused a lot of the time because fundamentally it's about self doubt. Now we've all had self doubt in our life. You know, mm -hmm. can, can I really do this? Am I capable? Blah blah blah. This becomes the story that for some people is the major driver of their life. I'm not good enough. I'm not capable. I'm not worthy. I'm not deserving. And you think about the multitude of stories you can build around that. I'm not lovable. All mm -hmm. of this is part of the stories we tell ourselves. But those stories are not true. If we care to analyze them, if we care to truly reflect on why am I carrying this story? Nine times out of 10, it's a negative voice from a previous experience. And it could have been from family of origin could be a boss, a teacher, whatever it is, but somewhere, someone along the line, somewhere and someone told you you were not good enough, i.e. you will fail or you will not meet the goals that you have set for yourself. How many people have ambitions and they're told you'll never get that? Mm -hmm. And so you go there and you go, well, yeah, I guess I'll never get that. How many mm -hmm. times, you know, entrepreneurs setting big goals for themselves and they don't reach it. And then they think, well, I'm just not capable. That's a story. I just didn't take the right actions to get there. I didn't develop the right mindset in order for me to think more positively. Because here's the other thing about the future thinking that's around fear. You're not sure you can get what you want. So maybe I won't try. But if we're 
setting our future vision with the idea that absolutely I can get this. I don't know how I'm going to get this, but I know that's what I want. Mm -hmm. There will be things along the way that may not match up to my idea of what that will look like. Then that's another story right there. Or you go the opposite way. You go into the past and you think, well, the, you know, I had a terrible childhood and I certainly did. And I could be a victim for the rest of my life. It's somebody else's fault. It's about blame and judgment, about feeling criticized and having that negative voice inside of your head that criticizes you every time you do something that you think is not right. I'm stupid. I'm not capable. Getting back to these, these, these messages again. How many people have a fear of intimacy? Why? Because I don't trust myself and I'm not going to trust you either. And trust is a big part of the fear issue too. So does it start with keeping an open mind and about, I would say, would rewriting the stories be, be part of the answer? Am I, am Absolutely. I it's called, it's, it's creating a new narrative. I mean, I have a whole program that's called Transformational Strategies for Success. And what I do with that program is I take individuals through this issue of what story are you telling yourself about who you are? So knowing who you are becomes a big piece of that. It's about exploration. It's about reflection. It's about figuring out what is really true for you and how is that manifesting. So I look at, you know, the journey of knowing who you are, knowing what it is that matters to you, knowing where it is you want to be going, and most importantly, knowing what it's getting in the way, which has generally got to do with limiting thinking mm -hmm. and behaviors that follow the actions of the limited thinking. And how do we change that up? to become more positive and more self-affirming than what you may have going on at this point in time. Just about confidence. That's the other side of it is, you know, how do we build the courage to develop the confidence that takes you forward in a different way? Create a new narrative. That's really it. You're creating a new narrative, a new story of who you are. Well, if it's stories from childhood or what people told you, it might even be at an unconscious level that you're keeping it there. What about the other side of the coin that people don't talk about a lot, which is fear of success? Just saying it sounds counterintuitive. It's like, why would you be afraid of success? That's what, yeah. especially as entrepreneurs, that's what they're going for. What is the fear of success? The fear of success is that if I'm really successful, I have to let go of a ton of shit. It's that simple. If I'm really successful, my life will change. My family will change. My relationship with the people in my life might change. And I certainly will see a much broader view of the world if I'm successful. That's the way you, you roll. Mm -hmm. Then it would be if, if I stayed small. But here's the thing. By staying small, I'm in security. I'm in my comfort zone. Mm. If, I'm into, if I'm afraid of success, I've got to step way outside my comfort zone. But here's the thing. You've got to be comfortable being uncomfortable in order to change. How do you do that? You got to believe. I know that sounds corny and, and maybe too far out there, but truly, you've got to start believing in yourself. I'll give you an example. I spent the bulk of my life insecure, uncertain, believing the stories that my father told me that I wouldn't amount to much. 
And I believed that. And forced, I went all in on the drugs, the alcohol, the unwanted pregnancies, you name it. I ran the whole gamut in the early part of my life. I had to change the story in order to figure it out. I was in AA for five years before I realized it wasn't about my drinking. It was my thinking that was creating the problem. I believed that I wasn't good enough. I believed I wasn't capable. I believed that other people had more power than I did. And I gave it to them in the process. And I had to figure out how to change that dynamic. Didn't do it on my own, by the way. I had a lot of people along the way who said, don't go that way, go this way. And I took their advice. I'm still doing it to this day. But that, that's a big piece of the success equation is that you will not be as successful as you want to be. And it's not about the houses, the cars, the money in the bank. It's about how do I feel about me? Have I lived a successful life? Have I shown up for me at the hardest of times? Have I shown up for other people at the hardest of times? Have I made a difference to somebody or something in my life? Then I can call myself a success. So when we measure our success against the physical products, which can be ripped away overnight in a mm -hmm. second, actually, look at what's going on in the world right now. In a second, it's all gone. That stuff doesn't matter. What's really mattering is how do I feel about me and how I'm showing up? Do I show up with ownership and authority, taking charge of my own life? Or do I allow other people to take charge of my life? And I compromise myself and I allow other people to make decisions and I avoid taking the actions I need to take or I seek validation from others by wanting approval all the time. That's the drivers that can absolutely disrupt a life. And I've seen it being part of my life and my client's life. See it all the time. Well, when you change the stories, I think it's important to bring up something else that you had mentioned to me, that fear is a hormonal thing. There's actual brain chemistry around this too. It's not as simple as just telling yourself a good or bad story. Talk about that. What what is the fear is hormonal? What does that mean? So when we think about fear, you've heard about you know the the fight or flight response. You know mm -hmm. it's you people talk about amygdala hijacks and you know different parts of our brain. Every single part of us is driven by hormonal reactions within the brain, possibly positive and definitely can be negative. So here's what happens when we're feeling threatened. Stress hormones kick in. They're called catecholamines. I didn't know that word until very recently, but it's a, it's a combination of dopamine, adrenaline, and norepinephrine. And then you throw cortisol into the mix as well. And these are all affecting the amygdala part, the primitive part of our brain. So back when we were on the tundras and we were running away from animals, it was very useful but it's not useful when all it is is responding to a thought process that, that started and then you're going to react to it because that's really what it is. It's a reaction. So when people are in a heightened state all the time, and that was very much a piece of my life, those fear, fear alarms, that's the hormones that activate that fight or flight response. If they're pushed all the time, your immune system suffers, your adrenals suffer. Everything in you starts to, to be in ill health. And if we mm -hmm. think about people who are in major ill health, 
I guarantee you, if you probe long, hard enough and, and deep enough, you'll find out there's been a lot of fear along the way that has perhaps driven that. Because when you're saturated with the negative stuff, then your whole body reacts. This is not just a brain thing. It's a cellular thing. It impacts every part of your existence. So it's really important that when we have this continual stress function going on, that we find an antidote to it. Go work out, meditate, you know, find a way to, to join a community where there's, there's some kind of giving that's necessary for it. Volunteer work is a really good way. You get outside yourself. But when you're stressed constantly, you become hypervigilant to threats, real and imagined. And that hypervigilance is what keeps those stress hormones active. But it's like an alarm bell. I like to say that fear is a driver for growth. Why? Because it's like an alarm. It's your personal alarm. I'm feeling fearful. Ah, so what's that about? Not just I am in fear. But what is that fear about? Where did that, that originate, whether it's true or not? You have to ask again for the evidence. Is it real or not? But when we're in hypervigilance, we've got to be able to turn that alarm off. But I that's again, that. Well, that's the point I'm making. You've got to change your thinking. You've got to change your behavior. You've got to do something that is resetting the, your response to those particular things. So I mentioned meditation, exercise, community, volunteer work. I mean, there's a whole bunch of ways in which you can get outside of yourself and your head by doing something different. And that's how you get out of it. You have to do something different and fight the discomfort because when we stay in the discomfort, which some people say is my comfort zone, well, really, Let's take a hard look at that. And again, I'm speaking from experience. I've spent decades dealing with my own fears and insecurities and figuring out how to do that. I did martial arts for years. Martial arts for me was a, an absolute brilliant way for me to deal with my fear because it wasn't that I was afraid of the fight. I was afraid of me. And sometimes I overstretched the mark and, you know, hit somebody that shouldn't have been hit but there you go. Um, but the point being is that there's there's that testing of oneself is an important piece of this. You have to test your, your boundaries. You have to test your limits of what you're prepared to do to move the needle on old patterns, old behaviors, old thinking that is not the truth of who you really are. How many people truly know who are you? When you ask that question, people go, uh, uh, I'm, and then they give you a label. I'm a husband, I'm a, I'm a role, I'm a, you know, son, a daughter, whatever the case may be. Take away the labels. Who are you? That takes a lot of deep searching to find the answer on that one. And most people are too damned lazy to do the work or they're too scared to do the work. And you know, and I know, because we've had to do it. We've had to do our own digging to find out what's the motivation. What are the assumptions that I'm carrying that might not be real? And that brings you back to the fear is the imagination piece. Fear is your imagination on steroids, if you want to take it that way. What do you mean? Well, it's, 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 it's heightened. 
your imagination is heightened in the wrong direction. Why not learn how to use it in the right direction? What do you really want out of life? What do you really want right now? I mean, you don't even have to go for a whole lifetime, but what do you want right now that would make a difference in your life? What do you want more of? What do you want less of? Who do you want in your life? Who do you not want in your life? We, many people have a lot of toxic people in their life. What would happen if we eliminated them or we reduced our time with them? Because that can be close family members. This is an important piece too. We've got to start thinking about that stuff. Most well, something, taking taking action can, can be something as simple as meditation to understand if I'm on point, that could help you understand that maybe the unconscious stories, but that could be, if, if I hear you right, you're saying that's kind of what scares people is maybe they don't even want to know the story they're telling themselves. They don't, they well, don't that, that's it. a very important point you just raised. There's a lot of people who say, I don't really, I had a client recently who said, I'm not sure I want to do this work because I, I, would, I don't want to find out that I'm really not a good person. And I was like, really? Is that where you're starting from? Hmm. So if you're starting from that place, and that's the belief you're holding right now about, you know, if I do this work of uncovering who I really am and what matters to me and so forth, and then I find out that I'm really a worthless piece of, you know, whatever, um, that's a belief system you've got going on. How do you change that? Well, you've got to take the chance that what you're actually going to find out is you're a hell of an individual. You've got a lot going on for you. And you've got an awful lot to offer. And your whole life is in front of you. Most of my clients are probably in their 30s and 40s at this point. I've got a few who are in their 50s and 60s. And they're still grappling with this stuff. But my whole piece is, if I can help you improve your self-awareness, i.e. understand who you are and what really matters to you, your values, your purpose, all that good stuff, then there's a good chance that you're going to carry that forward. Not only that it benefits everybody around you because you're no longer battling the forces. I was angry for a long time, a long, long time. And other people suffered it. I was in control mode for a long time because I needed everything to be safe. If I knew every, where everything was, I was 100% safe. But that was all an illusion. Well, that that would also make, make for a boring life over a long period of time. Definitely. And one thing I can say is I have never chosen a boring life, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, the more I get to know you, I realize that. Close. We've covered a lot of ground in a short period of time. If someone's listening they ex and they know, okay, I am experiencing fear and they're aware of it. If you were to tell them, if nothing else, do this one thing to get started, what would you say? That one thing to definitely do? Ask yourself the question, do I have evidence that this fear is real? If you don't have any evidence, the answer is either no, and even if it's maybe, then find another story. Look at what you're doing to yourself. Look at how you are limiting yourself and start thinking bigger, start thinking more expansively, thinking about all the possibilities that you may have in front of you, but be willing to understand the possibilities. Because again, if you're thinking small, those possibilities are for other people. They're not for me. So that's the thing. Ask yourself the question, is it true? Do I have empirical evidence? 
The answer is no. And start creating a different story. Thank you so much. If people want to find you online, where's the best place to go? Uh, LinkedIn is a good place. I'm on LinkedIn under Jacqueline Wales. And my website is JacquelineWales.com. So both places, plenty of info. This has been awesome. Thank you so much, Jacqueline. Thank you, Mark. This has been a pleasure. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I also hope that you'll subscribe to the Idea Climbing podcast and rate us on iTunes. Visit ideaclimbing.com to learn more about idea climbing and hear more episodes about mentoring, marketing, and big ideas.